Hello and welcome to the Booktopia podcast. I'm Olivia. I'm here with Joel Nayum, our non-fiction specialist, and we're sitting across from Joel Gibson, the author of Kill Bills. Welcome, Joel. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in. So I thought we'd just start by giving a, a general idea of what this book is about for, for our, um, our listeners. Sure, absolutely. Um, I work uh, for a consumer network called One Big Switch. I've been there for about seven, eight years. There's over a million people who have joined up over the years. And what we essentially what we do is we take that combined bargaining power of that group and we go and uh, negotiate special deals with electricity companies, insurance companies, telcos, uh, you know, wherever else we can find a special deal on a household bill. In the process of doing that, we've learned an awful lot about how these companies work, how they think, how to outsmart them at their own game. And so we decided that the time had come to put down everything we've learnt on paper. And so this book is essentially um, eight years worth of, uh, of learnings, inside info, savings tricks and hacks and loopholes, everything that you need to know if you want to save thousands of dollars on your household bills. Now, I want to be clear, it's not a list of you know, 350 pages worth of tips. We've, <laughs> we've really distilled it down to what we call the nine insider tricks that you must master if you want to win the war on household bills. Um, and if you master those nine insider tricks, they're strategies and habits and methodologies more than they are you know, tips as such, and they apply to all your different bills. And if mm. you can master those habits, you'll effectively be a black belt in money saving by the time you finish this book, and you will kill every bill from here on in. <laughs> I love the sort of militaristic way that the whole thing is framed. Like, I'm going to war with my household bills. I'm going to I'm kill just, them. I'm just picturing Uma Thurman driving down a road in black right. and white. I'm going to kill bills. Yes. And the cover, if you haven't seen the cover, is this brilliant yellow and black, just like the, the Tarantino, though unassociated as, as we... It's an homage. Legal, legal disclaimer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is like an electricity, electricity company's worst nightmare, this book, essentially. Well, I think so. In, in some ways, I think it probably is because a lot of businesses rely on the fact that people, A, they feel powerless uh, and they're afraid of making a bad decision um, and so they don't ask for a better deal and they don't negotiate um, and they don't know where to start. They don't know where to look for the best deals. They don't know where not to bother looking, you know, and they don't want to waste time on it. Um, and businesses thrive on that. And they also thrive on the fact that, you know, human nature, I talk a bit in the book about our systematic biases as human beings, identified over you know, decades of social experiments by Nobel Prize winning psychologists and behavioural economists, um, such as loss aversion and status quo bias. And these things are the things that stop us as human beings from changing when we should change, whether it's an electricity deal or political reform. Uh, they're the things that make us feel our losses twice as much as we feel our gains and so therefore we're much less likely to leave a bad deal even if it's a bad deal than we are to move to a good deal um so yeah much less likely to leave than to move and so these things all play into the way we deal with our bills just as the way we deal with everything else in our lives um businesses know this and they exploit it and if we know it then it levels the playing field you know it just sort of it means that David, we're the David and the business is the Goliath, we're suddenly David with a slingshot and a rock instead of just David standing on an empty battlefield staring at this giant. Absolutely. Great metaphor. Yeah, <laughs> and you talk in the book about the, the sleeping beauties versus the price, the price chasers. 
um, and how basically, and I thought this was a really interesting way of framing it, that um, the Sleeping Beauties are the people who uh, don't move um, for any reason. They just sort of go through life and they leave things as they are and they, and they, they are essentially subsidising the, the, the bills of all the people who do chase better prices. So can you give us a little bit more of that background? Absolutely. You know, there's a, there's a lot of language in this book that I've come across in, our, in my sort of interactions over the years and my research of, uh, of how businesses work and think. And, and one of the maxims when you're working in some of these, you know, service provider type businesses is you don't wake the sleeping beauty. The sleeping beauty is somebody who is probably paying the highest price. Uh, they're, they're peacefully dozing away. Uh, and your, your goal as a business is not to wake them up because if you wake them up, they might realise that they're giving you uh, maximum margin uh, and, and, and they're getting the same service as somebody else is paying much, much less. But what actually happens, the pricing strategy of a lot of businesses is such that there's a cross-subsidy and those sleeping beauties are effectively bankrolling big discounts and very special new customer deals for people who are prepared to move and to, and to switch and to shop around. Um, and those are the people that they call the price chasers. So they have different personas, different classes of customers. You need to be in the price chaser group if you want to get the best deals. If you're, if you're in the Sleeping Beauty group, if you don't read a book like this and you never switch, you never shop around. These people are everywhere. I work with one of them. Uh, in my <laughs> business, there's a guy who's never switched his energy and he's worked in this for uh, many, many years. You know? oh, so it's, it's, it's doesn't, you're, the you're, job you work in, these things you know, don't necessarily determine whether you're one or the other. Um, but you need to be in that first group, not in the second group, otherwise you pay thousands of dollars more over time. Mm. And you yourself, I mean, you start the book with your own sort of experience of, of attacking this stuff. And it must be, on some level, that would be the big pivot from what you do in your day job, which is one big switch, mm. as opposed to lots of little switches, which is essentially what you're advocating for in this book. So can you tell us a bit about how you attacked your own savings? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So I think it, I might go even a little bit further back than that to before I started this job. Um, you know, in a previous life, I was a, I was a print journalist. And when I started this job about seven or eight years ago, I'd never switched or shopped around for a cheaper electricity plan. Uh, I had about $3,000, $3,500 credit card debt, which is the national average. I never paid it off. Um, you know, I was Joe Average. I was a really typical, you know, um, consumer. What I've learned in this job through running these big switch campaigns is just that, and this is the first insider trick that I outline in the book, you have to be willing to move around and to walk away when you see a better deal. The De Niro. The De Niro. It's the, I've named this trick after <laughs> Robert De Niro. There's a lot of Hollywood in this book, not just on the cover, but there's, there's a trick called the De Niro. There's another called the Elizabeth Taylor. There's, a, uh, there's one called the Red Dog. Um, the De Niro is all about one of my favourite movies, Heat, made in 1995, directed by Michael Mann. And the quote that gives the movie its name is when De Niro, who plays a bank robber called Neil McCauley, who never ever gets caught, says that the secret to his success is you, you, you've always got to be willing to walk away when you feel the heat around the corner. Never get attached to anything you're not willing to walk away from in 30 seconds when you feel the heat around the corner is what he says. Now you need to take that attitude to your household bills if you want to pay thousands of dollars less over time. And if you're not prepared to be as unsentimental and as, and as ruthlessly disloyal as De Niro is <laughs> in that and many other films, then unfortunately you will pay a lot more money over time. You mm. know? And that's money that's better spent on 
your family and the next holiday or a weekend away, you know, the, the things that, that you really want to spend your money on, not the things that you have to spend, to spend the money on. Mm. So it's never too late to start in a way? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. In fact, there is the absolute gold standard. Uh, there is a woman in the book called Leanne. She lives in, in Sydney, in the uh, inner western suburbs of Sydney. And we, I can't remember how we found her, but about a year and a half ago, she just went on this money-saving lucky streak one afternoon where she basically went through about five or six different household bills and in two hours she saved $3,749 in one go. Um, and I think, you know, Leanne, I, I wouldn't even venture to guess how old she is, but she's, she's, not, she's not a spring chicken and uh, this is not something she's been doing all her life, but she just discovered her innate power as a consumer as a result of some of the things that she'd read that, and, and that we'd said and that we'd, we'd sent to her. And, um, you know, this is what often happens. You have one win, you get the confidence then to attack the next bill, and before you know it, you're actually forming habits and these strategies are becoming second nature and you don't even have to think about them anymore because it's just the way you think about your bills. That makes so yeah, much sense. I think that's that's a really interesting way of thinking about it too. Because for me, I mean, I'm... I've, Certainly, I'm a, I will chase a bargain when I set things up for the first time. So when I moved into, when we moved into our house, you know, we set up the various things and we moved a bunch of bills from different providers then and barely looked at it since then, to be mm. honest. <laughs> I'll look at phone bills, uh, you know, phone providers when I get a new phone or change contract, you know, but other mm. than that, I just let things lie. Mm. I reckon that probably accounts for a huge huge number of people perfectly intelligent people who could do more but just aren't in habits to do that definitely when i moved out um of home for the first time i moved into a place and they said oh there's this amazing service and it hooks you up with all your internet and your phone and everything and your electricity and ended up they stuffed it up so i ended up getting two different bills from two different companies and just and now i'm not even confident that i got the right deal in the first place so mm. it's just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and people and will bank on that ignorance. There are a lot a of those services, and they work really closely with mortgage brokers and real estate agents because those are the people who have contact with you when you're moving into a place, and um, they very often put you on the most expensive plans because when people move, they just want the lights to come on the first time they flick the switch, you know, and they just want the NBN or the broadband to work, and they're not so focused usually on getting the cheapest price, um, and so movers are often sitting ducks, and mm. a lot of movers end up paying. Again, there's a guy in the book who whose real estate connected him to an energy plan in South Australia, in the Barossa Valley when he moved. And um, uh, he didn't realise how, how expensive it was until he got the first couple of bills. And then he ended up taking one of the group discounts we'd negotiated and he saved about $2,000 in the next year. Um, that, was the, that was how big the difference was between the most expensive plan and a really cheap group discount. And it's a massive difference for anyone. $2,000 is a lot of money for anyone. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I wanted to talk about one. I think another sticking point for people, besides just habits and not having time, is is this uh, a very Aussie aversion to haggling, which I, <laughs> you, you cover in the book. Which I I loved that bit because I was perfectly encapsulated my squirmy feeling about the idea of having to haggle for things. Mm. Um, I thought that was really interesting. It's a theory, and I but I mean I, I feel it very deeply. But I, I just think it doesn't come naturally to us. It's not it's not part of the culture. Um, 
in Australia to haggle. You know, we really don't haggle for much of the stuff we buy here. And then you often hear of people feeling awkward when they travel to Bali and they have to haggle with a shopkeeper over the price of an item. You know, it just makes them feel... There's a, there's a great quote from a travel writer in the book where, he's, where he, he talks about... There's, you know, he says, there's a name for people like us, people who aren't comfortable haggling. We're called Westerners. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's probably some truth in that. Um, and I know that one of the things that definitely stops people from killing their bills is that they just feel really icky and awkward about picking up the phone and negotiating with that uh, with their provider. Now there are there are ways around that. You don't have to do it by phone, for example. You can use live chat now with a lot of uh, businesses to interact with them. But the, I think that someone asked me in the last couple of days. We've been doing a lot of media, and they said, you know, what's the secret to being a good negotiator? And it's not one of those things that that uh, you know a good negotiator is someone who has leverage. And it's not about whether you, uh, you know, have the gift of the gab or, um, or how brave you are. A good negotiator is someone who has a really good offer in their hand that they're willing to move to because that's the most compelling thing in any negotiation with an energy company or a telco or an insurance company is another really good offer. And if they know that you've got another option, they will usually fight tooth and nail to keep you. It costs them a lot more to buy another customer to replace you than it does to give you a massive discount to stay. That's what it comes down to. That's so, so interesting. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the stuff you just don't think about until you're faced with it. And it, it was quite confronting, this book. <laughs> it made me face up to many of the lazy small things that I don't think about <laughs> that I really probably should think about if I was being a responsible, you know, home mm. homeowner, homekeeper. And, um, yeah, a lot of... Dodgers. <laughs> Look, I, you know, I'm not under any illusions as to how much time people want to spend on this stuff. It's, you know, it's sort of in the same bucket as going to the dentist or, you know, having the annual prostate exam for most people. It's just not something that you um, look forward to. But like eating spinach, it's good for you, you know, and, uh, and in the end, you'll be better for it. But I think one, one way to do it is to ring fence it, you know, spend an afternoon once a year going through four or five or six different bills. And that's usually enough just to keep your head above water and to make sure that you're not, you know, getting ripped off on those particular, you know, four or five or six big bills. Mm. In the back of the book, that's why, and partly inspired by Leanne, who I talked about earlier on, that's why I've created a half a dozen bill kill in the back of the book, which is like a highlights reel of everything in the book. And I've tried to create a choose-your-own-adventure book. If you just got a really big energy bill or your insurance renewal just came in, it's gone up by 20%, and you just want to know what to do about that particular bill, or you flick to the, en the energy chapter or the home insurance chapter, and it's all there. Um, if you want to become a full-blown kung fu money-saving master, read the book from start to finish, and you'll, you'll, you'll know by the end of it you'll be a black belt. Um, but if you just have an afternoon to spare and you want to get stuck in and, and see what you can get, what sort of result you can get in the minimum possible time with the, with the, with the least pain possible, well, then there's a half a dozen bill kill in the back of the book, which is a blow-by-blow, step-by-step description of what you should do, what you should say, which websites to visit. Um, and if you, if you go through those steps, I'd be very, very surprised if people can't save a substantial amount of money. Mm, absolutely. The middle ground. I liked that there was a middle ground, that it wasn't just, you know, you have to go and switch, up, switch everything, um, that there was, you know, using these tools to, you know, once you've got other deals on the table 
even if they're way better than anything you're going to get from your current provider, you can take that to them and at least negotiate better than what you've got uh, and still stay with them. You know, there are people out there who are just not willing to do the work of moving. And I think that's a really interesting way of putting it too. And I particularly liked your um, mystery shopper concept of like... um, (laughs) pretending essentially pretending to your current supplier that you're someone else so but with the same profile consumer profile and seeing if you're getting the same deal if you were coming in new Mm. can you tell us a bit about how that works sure sure this one's it's a little bit cheeky um (laughs) and uh you know it's it's probably contrary to the terms of use of some of these insurance companies' websites but it's not (laughs) illegal uh so what and i've done this myself you know a couple of years ago i got a it's about a 15 16 increase on my uh, insurance um, renewal my annual renewal and so I just thought I'll jump on I'll jump on my insurer's website and I'll put all my policy details in as if I'm a new customer Um, I'll put my neighbor's address in just in case they've got my details saved just so they don't recognize me I'll just see what they're offering to a new customer with exactly the same details as me same suburb, not the same house, but you know, essentially the same details, and uh, and then and it spat out a quote that was more than twenty percent cheaper than the than the than the one they'd given me. Um, so I rang him up and I said, "Please explain what's going on. Why why does my imaginary neighbour who has exactly the same policy details as me get uh, a quote that's twenty something percent cheaper than mine?" And um, and in the end, look, they said, "Well, look, we can't give you that price, but you know what we can do? We can cancel your policy and start a new one and give you that price, which is exactly the same thing." <laughs> so they found a way through, you know, they found a way through. So, um, and most most insurers, when they're confronted with that fact, will play ball. And if they're not prepared to play ball, if they're not prepared to bend at all, then I think that's that's time when you should you should consider um, walking across the street to somewhere else because there there is such a broad range of choice now in most household bills sometimes people find the range of choice paralyzing there's almost too many options but there are on almost every household bill now there are other options Um, and so you're never stuck you know you're not stuck with a provider that's not doing the right thing by you Mm. and i think it's that i had this experience um, renewing car insurance recently where part of the problem is not having all the details to hand Mm. is that you just forget like if you're anything like me you just have that detail somewhere in a folder. And yep. the, even the act of having to get up your ass, walk across the room, find the folder and get the stuff out, it's just <laughs> too much. <laughs> you know? I can't be bothered doing that. I'll just renew it. <laughs> but, like, um, but I do think that the culture is sort of changing around that, right? I mean, one big switch is part of that. But there are, other, there are lots of like choice websites that help you navigate that experience. Um, so it's not you're not totally on your own. I think that's true and I think... I think, and I say in the book, I think the internet is the greatest invention in the history of bill killing. I think it's really levelled the playing field. You know, one of the insider tricks that I talk about is the David, David slingshot. You know, David obviously was at a massive disadvantage when it came to his battle with Goliath. But in the end, what makes us unique in the animal kingdom as human beings is our ability to make tools. And David had a slingshot and a rock. And in the end, that tool was effective enough to take down a giant. Um, now, the internet has really levelled the playing field between consumers and these big, sophisticated businesses who have a lot of data, a lot of product knowledge and a lot of, uh, a lot of you know, they, some of them employ full-time uh, actuarial experts, for example, to predict just how much they can put your premium up before you'll leave and that sort of thing. So they have massive advantages, but the internet has really made a difference for consumers. It's a, it's a real secret weapon. And the comparison websites you talk about are, are probably the best example. Price transparency now in 
home loans particularly in uh, telco uh, credit cards are very easy to compare online car loans did that recently car loans energy well and the um, rta now directs you to a comparison site yeah to, for mm. your green sleep yeah. that really shocked me that uh, it's become such a central part of doing getting car insurance that they make it part of the process of signing up for it yeah, well and governments are now and, and i'm and i'm you know governments are not usually very good at building digital tools no but i must say <laughs> got to give credit where it's due there are now some really really good government energy comparison websites which will you can upload a pdf of your last bill and they will uh, you know they, they have an algorithm that will scan the pdf compare it to the entire market and tell you which which deals out there are cheaper than yours and by how much um, yeah. it's extraordinary tools that they've created yeah that is amazing yeah what a time to be alive <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know about you guys but i know what i'm doing this weekend and then it's looking at all my bloody bills <laughs> i think we're running short on time so we might have to wrap it up here thank you so much for coming in joel this has been eye-opening to say the least <laughs> i don't know about you yeah absolutely and you can order your copy of kill bills from booktopia.com.au thanks for listening thanks for listening to the booktopia podcast Don't forget to subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And if your eyeballs need a workout, check us out on YouTube at Booktopia TV. And don't forget for all books featured on this episode and all episodes of the Booktopia podcast, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore at www.booktopia.com.au. Thanks for listening.